ghosts, cryptids, murder, conspiracies, beer, what, the, ale. Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome to What the Ale. I'm Alana Ray. And I'm Mama Jane. Um, and we are bringing you our regularly scheduled programming this fine Wednesday. But how are you doing, Mama? Any What the Ale moments? Uh, girl, I got a kind of big one today. Oh my goodness. Because I don't know if you heard, but um, a very old cold case from 87 and 88 was mm-hmm. solved. Wow. Okay. So I don't know. Had you heard um, that the Colonial Parkway murders? They, no. Okay. So, um, I mean, obviously this is an old case, but um, some detectives were taking a fresh look at it. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, thanks to DNA and advancements in technology, mm-hmm. they were able to look at several suspects that they had back at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and back at the time, you know, they could only compare against, like, people that were, like, in the FBI database um, and for convicted offenders. And one of their suspects had no felonies or criminal re- on his criminal record, so the DNA was never put into the system. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but he's somebody who passed away, and when they learned that he had died... Um, he passed away in nineteen or in uh, twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, when he died, they were able to legally obtain genetic material that they could su- submit to the forensic science department, hmm. and that positively confirmed that he was the the uh, killer in these cases. Wow! And w- where did these killings happen? Um, these were in Virginia. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, it's it's. I'm not funny, it's sad, but, you know, we've covered other cases, but this was kind of another lover's lane situation mm-hmm. um, where he was, you know, killing couples that were sitting in cars together. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe at some point we can cover those cases. Um, maybe maybe as, on Patreon. I was going to say maybe as a bonus. Yeah. Um, for anybody that doesn't know the case, but, like, very sad case. Um, and, you know, again, young people sitting in a car on dates, things like that. And um, I'm just so happy. You know, and this is what's so cool about technology advancing. Yeah. You know, they have this old evidence that they couldn't do much with before, and now they finally can. Well, and, like, look at those investigators, like, being having the foresight to be like, let's just swab that just yeah. in case. Let's just do that. Because, like, there are some cases where they didn't do that, and obviously there's still cold cases, and then the ones where they do and they're able to identify. It, it's just all... I don't know. Technology and science is also very cool. So yeah. Well, and then I just wanted to read this. Um, one of the one of the victims' families said, "We would like to express our gratitude to all investigators involved in the investigation of Terry's death. Their dedication, relentless efforts, and evolving technology has brought us closure that we have sought over thirty over the last thirty four years." Wow. So I mean, can you imagine being a parent and like thirty four years later, you finally have an answer? Yeah. I mean, that's just, it always makes me happy when, like, they are able to, like, it's the saddest thing when they solve a cold case after, like, the parents die or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm glad they were still around for that. So that makes me happy. Anyways, but that's my what the ale is a very happy and good thing. Um, I love hearing about cold cases getting solved. And this is, like, the third big one, I think, in the past year. Yeah, there Um, have been a lot that have been solved the past year or two. And, 
like like I said, we're kind of wanting to do like a little bonus train of these on Patreon. Yeah, so. I feel like anytime there's a, a really old cold case, um, I think we should definitely add it as a bonus episode. Yeah. Um, because it's fascinating, you know, to see how these things are solved. Um, but anyways, cheers to that. I'm cheers very happy. Um, and yeah, if you don't know the case, we'll plan to put something up on Patreon soon. Which means you should subscribe. Mm-hmm. Subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways, I'm sorry, that was a long one. <laughs> no. Do you have a what the yell moment? <laughs> you know, I think my what the yell moment is that justice has been served in another way. Oh. And that they are finally redoing the Percy Jackson. Oh, good God, I want <laughs> And me and my little sweetie, we sat and watched all five of the new episodes yesterday, and they are so good. What are they on? They're on Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. Okay, so y'all, I know you don't know us very well, but my child is a voracious reader. Yes. And back in the day, had read all the Percy Jackson books. And so we went to see the movie, and we were at the drive-in. Yep. And I've never read the books, so we watched the movie, and I'm like, oh, that was a pretty cute movie. I kind of like that. And Alana immediately let me know how wrong I was and how disappointing it was and all the things they got wrong. <laughs> and I was like, huh, I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> to be fair, if I had not read the books and the spinoff series is, and been so invested. I know. It would have been fine. Um, but I thought it was a great night at the drive-in, and my child was so disappointed. <laughs> I really was. Um, I really was. My um, my heart was broken when Percy was 16 instead of 12, when, <laughs> you know, just everything. The only thing that got right was, like, the Lotus scene, in the, the Lotus Casino scene. Everything else was wrong. <laughs> like, okay. But it did have Uma Thurman, and I'm sorry, but anything that Uma say. Thurman is in, I'm down for. I'm not going to lie. Uma Thur- So there is the way they did Medusa in this one, which I will die on this hill. This is a hill I firmly believe. Medusa is a survivor of severe trauma. She was punished by the gods for being sexually assaulted, which is freaking insane. Yeah. And the fact that she's seen as a monster. So they did a really great job in the, in the new adaptation of the show of making her like an empowered survivor and mm-hmm. making her like I'm not a monster. There's like a whole monologue where Percy's mom's like, "Why do you think she was a monster? Just hmm. because she looks scary?" Like, you know. Well, some that... of us are fans of snakes. I love some snakes. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not I, you know, I yeah. think she's kind of cute. I dig her hair. Like aside from like, you know, turning people to stone, wear some sunglasses, which is a little cold. <laughs> yes. But, um, y'all, Alana is such a fan of Medusa that Alana has. I do have a Medusa tattoo um, that is really beautiful, and um, I love her so much. It's probably my favorite tattoo. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, I that justice was served okay. <laughs> in itself. Well, I will way. have to check it out. I haven't watched it yet, so. It's really good, and my, my uh, sweetie has never 
seen or never read the book, so he had no idea what he was getting into, and he loved it. So okay, good. It's been a good time. So yeah. Well, speaking of shows, though, um, I finally—I know I'm late to the party, y'all—but I finally started watching the Fall of the House of Usher. Girl. So once I finish, are you done with it? I finished it. Okay. Once once me and the child finish it, we will have to talk about it. But so far, I am loving it. Okay, I'm just gonna say one thing: the Flanagans. Can y'all just take any, like, spooky, macabre story and, like, do a modern adaptation? Because this is probably my favorite. I just rewatched it with my partner also because he had never seen it. And I was like, well, I want to watch it again and catch all the clues. Yeah. So then I rewatched it. It is so good. Yeah, it's so good. So. So anyways, just putting that out there. Love it. If you haven't watched it, I know I'm late to the party. Most of you probably have already watched it, but um, it's very good. And that's on Netflix. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, seriously, anything, anything that... Flanagan does yeah. is really good, but yeah. Well, anyways, I don't need to ask you what you're drinking tonight because we're drinking the same thing. What are we having? We are having a Bad Habit Girl. It's an Abbey style ale from Jack Rabbit Brewing Company, which is one of the local ones here in Northern California. Yeah. Um, and since the child is home tonight, uh, we are having we're sharing a bomber. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, Abbey style ale in the UK style. So for our UK listeners, oh, hey UK, cheers, cheers, cheers. Ooh, I like um, that. All right, yeah, it's pretty tasty. I'm not gonna lie. Alrighty. So I'm getting away from my stouts for the evening, but it's a <laughs> lovely ale. It is lovely. Well, we can go ahead and get into my topic. Okay, my dear, what is your topic? So. I feel like with Black Dahlia and the Torso Killers and the Zodiac Killers, it's been a little dark. It's mm. been a little bit of a dark January. I was going to say, we were both like, we want to do something <laughs> We want to like kick off the year, but we went like very murdery. Well, and like, creepy and dolls. And violent like. murdery. Like we, yeah, we made some choices. <laughs> so um, I decided to revisit a topic we haven't been to in a while, which is Aliens and UFOs. Ooh, okay. So I want to preface this by I really thought um, this was going to be a much larger case. It ended up being a little bit smaller than expected. Okay. But I decided to cover the Roswell conspiracy and the Roswell incident. Okay, well, bring it. So if you all don't know, um, there was an incident that occurred in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. Um. Basically, it was a UFO sighting that the government was very quick to disguise and people argue nonstop about whether or not it was a UFO or if it was a weather balloon or if it was something else. Okay. Um, But I will kind of get into details. Um, And then I found out that this case was actually linked to a few other UFO sightings around the southwest of the U.S. And so I will cover those briefly as well. Okay. Sounds good. So here we are. In 1947, there was a crash and recovery of what the U.S. government calls an Air Force high-altitude balloon. Okay. Now, it landed on the land of a rancher named um, Mac Brazel, and he found the debris. It was somewhere near Roswell, New Mexico, is where his property was, and it was in June of 1947. Um, He claimed that it included foil that was, like, lightweight, like, tinfoil, rubber strips, and sticks. Um, 
And he just didn't really know what to make of it. So he took it to the sheriff and was like, hey, I found this on my land. Not really sure what's going on. Um, And he waited until July. So it had been a couple weeks. And then the sheriff was kind of like, this is weird. I'm just going to ask the Roswell Army Field if they had anything. So they did have their little Air Force base there. Hmm. And I will say the sheriff was completely dumbfounded like he didn't know what to make of what brazel brought to him okay um and apparently i don't know if it was the air force or brazel or who but someone kind of said that a flying disc had been recovered from the ranch okay um like i said it was just kind of described as debris not really sure what to make of it um so The Roswell Daily Record caught wind of the discovery and printed the headline, RAAF Captures Flying Saucer on Ranch in Roswell Region. Hmm. So this is kind of what started the UFO speculation. Okay. And pretty much immediately, the military claimed that the disc was a weather balloon and had been carrying a radar target device, which is why people didn't realize it was a weather balloon. And, like, at that time, were people already describing, like, UFOs as flying saucers? Yes. Okay. Um, So people, like, were familiar with that term in terms of that meant it was possibly alien? Right. And I do want to say, like, I kind of meant to mention this at the top and I didn't. But, you know, this is 1947. It's after World War II. There's, you know, the Cold War is probably about to start. There's all sorts of weird technology happening Mm -hmm. with nuclear testing and different things and so i think the military whatever it was if it was a weather balloon or not maybe it was just something they were working on okay um but you know it's interesting so um after this was you know printed uh and the military claimed the disc was a weather balloon um they kind of described it as the military themselves described it as something like a box kite. So they said it was made of balsa wood and foiled paper. Hmm. Um, which is not what I would picture a weather balloon to look like, but I don't know what they look like. Well, yeah, and if it was described as like flying the saucer, you would expect it to be a different shape. Yeah, so just kind of weird, right? Yeah. Like, stories are not really making sense. Um, and then... On July 9th, the Roswell Morning Dispatch printed the headline, The Army Debunks Roswell Flying's Disc as World Simmers with Excitement. Huh. Which to me sounds like a cover-up. Yeah, a little bit. Because, I mean, you know, this is what, like two weeks, maybe a week after he put, maybe found the saucer or whatever it was. And, you know, they're immediately like, it's not a flying disc. It's a weather balloon. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so Braswell, or not Braswell, Brazel was interviewed for the piece, and he did not believe the debris was a weather balloon. He really was like, this is not. Hmm. Yeah, he thought it was a cover-up. I also think, like, if you live near a military base, you're probably familiar yeah. with what a weather balloon looks like. They're and... probably familiar with all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, Roswell, New Mexico itself is a really small town. Like, most of their... I don't know, employment and stuff really is connected to the military base. Yeah. Um, and so you would think he's a bit more familiar, even if it's, you yeah. know, on his ranch. So um, he said that 
you know, maybe the pieces could have been a radar target, but he also was like, I don't know what this is. Like, he was like, I, like, there are just parts of this that are weird. Um, He said the foil, so, you know, he said there was, like, foil, like, aluminum foil. He said it was so strong that when he hit it with a sledgehammer, it wouldn't warp or move or anything. Oh, wow. And a material that is lightweight, like, aluminum foil, or aluminium, for those of you in the UK. (laughs) I know that's how it's spelled, but, you know, we're from the US. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. You know, you're hitting foil with a sledgehammer, it's going to tear, yeah, right? Like, absolutely going to tear. And would not dent at all, Yeah, even with a sledgehammer. Yeah, that's weird. So that's weird. Yeah. So whether or not it... Well, and that doesn't sound like any material that we have on Earth, definitely not at that time. Or, you know, unless it was like a raw element, but yeah. even then, I, I just, I'm not knowledgeable of metals at all yeah. in that way. Um. So... Around the same time, there apparently was a second crash that maybe was believed to be part of the same craft. Hmm. And it was about 40 miles from Brazel's property. And alien bodies, I'm going to put that in quotes, were recovered. Okay. Um, and a firefighter recalled that there was a metal disc with non-human bodies nearby when he showed up to the scene. Okay. Um, the military the non-human bodies look like? There was not really a description. Oh, okay. They said they were kind of humanoid, but there were, like, features that were weird, like bigger heads, limbs were, like, not proportionate the way humans are, that okay. type of thing. Um, But there wasn't, like, super specifics because everything was really hush-hush. Yeah. So the military pressured the firefighter to stay quiet about the crash. And then there was a military sergeant named Melvin Brown who also saw the bodies And when he arrived on the scene, he was told, like, don't look under that tarp. Just ignore that. And he lifted the tarp because, you know, two-year-old rules apply. You tell someone not to look at something or think about something. I would be curious. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So he looked under the tarp, and there were two, quote, alien bodies under it. Okay. Um, And after this, the incident really just, like, kind of faded from headlines. Like, Well, and was it, like, like it... Rash landed and they died in like a crash. Yeah. Or they di- okay. They so they think they died in the crash, not they were killed somehow by somebody else or anything. Yeah, I think they were like part of, like in the crash. Okay. Um, because it was like all at the scene where the crash was. Okay. Um, and because of like you know the military like setting the record straight through the media and stuff, the case really lost a lot of traction. Like they were just kind of like okay, like it was just like a weird like. Guy thought it was a thing, but it's a weather balloon. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, people had a lot of interest in UFOs and aliens. And I do think, like, during the, like, between the 40s and the 70s, there were so many UFO sightings. Yeah. I mean, I have this, like, kind of silly conspiracy theory that, like, you know, maybe prior to World War II, they were interested in making contact with us. But then when they saw, like you know, nuclear weapons and stuff being used, they were like, ooh, we're just going to monitor <laughs> and see when this is safe. They're like, these people are crazy. <laughs> exactly. They got issues. <laughs> Wait till they work it out. <laughs> exactly. And I kind of think like that, like then they were kind of monitoring and like trying to keep it on the DL. It, hmm. And I, I do believe extraterrestrials exist. I think that's kind of like a, 
I wouldn't say widely accepted, but I th- do think a lot of scientists are like, statistically, we're probably not the only ones here on this little speck of dust that we call a well, planet. Well, see, I, you know, I don't know. For those of you that are old like me, you remember the movie Contact with Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. And I believe what her character said, which was like, if we're alone in the universe, what a waste of space. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. what are we doing? So, yeah, I just cannot, I have a hard time believing that this is the only planet, you know, that would have um, somewhat intelligent life. <laughs> right. And so, as I mentioned, there were bodies potentially taken from the crash or seen at the crash. Um, but apparently the military was using test dummies to test different aircrafts and things at oh. the same time. So they were saying maybe they were damaged and they looked not like test dummies and more hmm. like bodies. And I guess they do look like bodies, but a test dummy is like a stuffed doll. Yeah. And a body is a body. And me personally, I think I could tell the difference. You would think so. I mean, especially <laughs> if you're lifting the tarp and you're that close. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if you were across the street, maybe you wouldn't be able to tell. But yeah, if you're that close, you would think the people that were there... Right. You'd be able to tell. And the military, as far as I know, and like the FBI records, there's like not actually like documentation that bodies or crash dummies were seen at the site. Huh. So that does that seem sketchy. Because yeah. if they're saying, oh, but it could have been military test dummies, but then like there's no documentation in the report that they were at the site. Yeah. Interesting. That's weird. Um, so I'm not really sure. Um, and maybe they were using different crash dummies than they normally do maybe they were trying different suits i don't really know um but yeah i do think that's an interesting note um but apparently all over the western u.s there were increasing numbers of ufos and stuff just during those six months right before roswell happened Mm -hmm. and like i said i think it's post-war era people are the military is testing new tech because we're entering this Cold War. There's all sorts of things, um, you know, and just in general, like human beings, like technology was advancing. You know, we had yeah. computers, we had DNA was like starting to be understood and seen under microscopes and like all that stuff. So us as human beings, were just gaining all of this knowledge. So I think maybe some UFO sightings might have just been humans who had not seen this technology before and some could have actually been unexplained phenomena. And Mm -hmm. that is all I got to say about that. Okay. Um, UFOlogists claim, similarly to my theory, that there was an uptake of scouting missions by extraterrestrials to monitor human beings. So, who knows? Yeah. Um... And as I mentioned earlier, Brazel claimed the materials were lightweight and, quote, weird. Hmm. Um, Like I said, the metal foil pieces couldn't be warped by a sledgehammer. That's just weird. Like, you think of, I mean, even any foil, like, gold is a very, like, malleable metal. Like, even the gold that we use in jewelry, we mix it with other metals so it's stronger. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so the idea. But strong enough not to, like, dent or tear or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. But, But to be, yeah. But to be lightweight. Lightweight, yeah. That's very strange. It's a weird material. Um, But there were a couple of sightings in El Paso, Texas and different border towns in the U.S. um, or southwestern U.S. And so there were theories that maybe there was something more than just, you know, typical military testing. Okay. Um, So on June 30th of 1947... 
um, there was a witness, um, last name was Burgess and, or they were a couple, the Burgess couple, and they saw multiple flying objects. Um, and they were driving around Westerner Road in El Paso, Texas around 4 p.m. And they were blinded by a flashing object that was passing them at high speed. Mm. And they said it was silver colored and looked like a toy top or maybe like a toy balloon, but there was no sound. So for it to be moving that fast, but yeah. like not making any sound yeah, or strange. anything it's is. A, it's in stealth mode. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it kind of just continued north of them and it disappeared after 10 minutes and they just said it seemed to disappear into the sky. So it was like levitating and like kept going up and north and okay. disappeared eventually. Um, which is just an interesting UFO. To me, as far as I have seen, the military has not made anything shaped like a top or, yeah. you know, anything like that. So say what you will, but yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I have not. And it, you would think if they were working on something then, you know, even if it, you know, changed or morphed a little bit over time, you would think we would see something similar and nothing we have is like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So then there was a witness named E.E. E. Polk also on uh, July 9th, which is the day that the military very quickly hush-hush covered the Roswell thing, if we remember. Um, but he saw a flying disc near his home. Uh, he claimed he was looking at pigeons on his roof when a UFO kind of came into his line of sight. Mm. And um, he said it was about a thousand feet high and it was traveling west. thousand feet high? Mm-hmm. Wow. And he said it passed within 15 seconds and it was so fast that, like, by the time he had, like, turned around to tell people, like, hey, look at this thing, it was already gone. Okay. Um, now, to me, I mean, we see airplanes in the sky all the time, like, driving. They don't go that fast. They don't go that fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I do think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and he said that it was an off-white color, and it was shaped like a pie plate with ragged edges. Hmm. Um, there were a lot of, like, satirical cartoons at the time that joked that it was a flying tortilla. <laughs> okay. Which, you know, I'm not trying to, like, whatever. It seems a little racist considering we're, like, in a border town with oh, Mexico. Yeah. Um, in Southern California and, or not Southern California, Texas. Um, I don't know. Um, and they also poked fun in just different ways, lots of. Cartoons came out around the time, poking fun at the different incidents. But this one specifically, they were like, well, if it looks like a pie plate, it's probably a tortilla. Mm. Well, you know, I'm a fan of a tortilla. So if a big (laughs) tortilla flew by me, I would try to eat it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Make a burrito. Yes, because in California, we have really good tortillas. I was going to say, I think that's my only issue with living elsewhere is um, the Mexican food is not up to par anywhere else I Anytime we travel, it's like, you know, when we think about, like, what are we missing back home, it's always we're missing Mexican food. Because it's not the same. Because California has very good Mexican food. We do, we do. It's so good. Oh, my God. (laughs) I probably have Mexican food, like, twice a week. I I do, too. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the idea of a giant tortilla, though, I'm down. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So the day before the pie um, tin or the giant tortilla, there was also a sighting in Juarez, Mexico. Mm. Um, And seven flying discs were spotted flying over just in general border cities, but it was reported in Juarez. So um, I don't know 
if they were like flying in a line like there wasn't a lot of details about it okay. but it is interesting because this is all within the same week of the Roswell incident too hmm. um so something kind of funny about Roswell is like I said the military was like very quick to be like oh it's just a weather balloon don't worry yeah and people just like forgot it like yeah, quick forget. I think we see headlines all the time where we're like, oh, okay, and then we just move on, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until the 70s, actually, that there was renewed interest in the Roswell case. Oh, really? Hmm. Um, and I think people started to really think that there was a military cover-up of a UFO or alien bodies. Okay. Um, the main one, or the main theory is that the government was working with aliens and gave them permission to abduct and experiment on humans. Oh. Or maybe at least the military was aware of extraterrestrial presence and was like, you can monitor us, Hmm. you know? But giving permission to abduct? (laughs) I know. Well, okay, okay. This, like, sounds so wild, but it made me think of that... Was it the last season or the season before of American Horror Story? Oh. Where, remember, the aliens were, like, taking the people, and yeah. they were, like, trying to make a perfect, like, alien baby to, like, take over the human race. Yeah. And, like, it was a whole thing. But, like, that was, like, a legit case that, like, Eisenhower was working on. But, hmm. like, you know, the FBI files are kind of wrapped up, and we don't know what was happening in there. Huh. So it is interesting. Yeah. Um, And at that time, like, you know, you think about... A few years ago with the whole, like, let's occupy Area 51 and everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just, there's always been an interest. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's, cha- like, I do think the government probably knows more than what they're letting on. Oh, I'm sure. When it comes to extraterrestrials, I just, you know, I'm not the crazy type where I'm going to be like, I'm going to, like, infiltrate the FBI yeah. or whatever. Um, but I find it really fascinating. Um but yeah, abducting and experimenting on humans, that seems wild to yeah. me. Um, something that someone raised was like, if it wasn't a UFO, maybe they were working with Russia. Huh. And there was like a huge like communism, like, oh, we hate communism in the US, but like, this is like cool technology or something, you know? So that was like hmm. an idea that maybe was... I, don't know. I guess it still bothers me, <laughs> the idea of like giving permission to abduct and experiment on because, um, hello, people need to give their own consent. <laughs> yeah, Nurem- Nuremberg happened, y'all. <laughs> like, we did the Nuremberg trials. We know that's bad. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, we should not be giving consent to experiment on human beings without their consent. Yes. Um. In any way, shape, or form. Yes, I agree. In my opinion. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. So, it kind of got renewed interest because ufologists were like, oh, there's all these UFO sightings from the 40s. What's happening? And mm. they kind of put the pieces together. Um, and then in 1980, there was a book called The Roswell Incident written by Charles Berlitz and William L. Moore. Um and, you know, it was published. They claimed the whole weather balloon story was a cover story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said they believed that there was also around the same time or like the same day, there was a flying saucer that crashed into Wright Field in Dayton, Ohio. And it dropped debris that was similar to the debris found in Roswell. Okay. So, I mean, Ohio is like way far north yeah. of... New Mexico. Yeah. But maybe if, you know, it sustained damage and then it kept flying, you know, I don't know. Um, or maybe it was a different craft. Yeah, if they were doing monitoring something, you know, yeah. could have been similar. Um, 
And so another thing they say is that they believe that the debris was documented as a weather balloon, but was substituted by the military. Hmm. Um, And that comes with like, you know, Brazel um, at one point was brought in to kind of look at the debris later. Um, Like they wanted him to pose for pictures with it. Okay. And he said that the debris was not the same. Oh. So whether, you know, they were just trying to recreate the like discovery photos or what, Mm. I don't know. Sounds a little sketch. It's a little sketch, even if, you know, even if it is just a weather balloon. Um, so the book obviously sparked a lot of conspiracy theories. A lot of people are, like, spiraling, like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and in 1984, um, documents were released that alleged to be classified memos regarding the Majestic 12 or the MJ-12 operation, which was launched by President Truman to handle the Roswell incident because okay. he was president at the time. Okay. Um, however, these documents were determined to be fake and no... Evidence has really ever been shown to prove the existence of MJ-12. However, that is a really interesting conspiracy that I think we should totally talk about okay. sometime. Okay, yeah. Because that's, that's a big one that might be a keg. Okay. <laughs> but MJ-12 is fascinating. Okay. Because um, it's basically the government knows about aliens and does crazy stuff. Hmm. Um, and it's really cool. So... Um, Kind of to wrap it up, uh, in the 90s, there was a film circulating that claimed to be of an alien autopsy that was on bodies recovered at Roswell. Okay. However, the video was claimed to be fraudulent by the director of said video. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it's one of these things where it's like you you start to get somewhere and then you're like, just kidding. (laughs) Okay. so then in 1994, the Air Force officially admitted that it was a U.S. spy balloon. Hmm. Um, and at the time, they did not release what it was because they were obviously in the Cold War, did not want Russia to know what their tech was. Okay. Um, they said it was part of Project Mogul, which was designed to monitor anticipated nuclear tests by the Soviet Union, as I mentioned. Um, and then in 1997, the Air Force published a report called the Roswell Report, and it had the subheading of Case Closed. Oh. So, again, they're trying to make it very clear, Case is Closed. Okay. <laughs> um, it did claim that alien bodies were test dummies and they were used in the balloon, but again, UFOlogists still believe that there is a cover-up in place. Um, but... All in all, the incident was really good to Roswell's economy. I'm sure it was, yeah. So much like Point Pleasant with mm-hmm. Mothman, uh, they have opened the International UFO Museum and Research Center since 1992. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, sure they sell a lot of merch. <laughs> yep. And they are also the hosts of an annual UFO festival, Ooh. which has been going on since 1966. Wow, that's fun. Um, and... My favorite thing is that they have a UFO-shaped McDonald's and a Dunkin' Donut sign that is a donut being held by an alien. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> um, well, they went all the way. They even got, corp- you know, big corporate sponsors. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you... Like, that's really it I have in terms of notes. But what do you think about Roswell? Like, do you think it... Because to me, I always thought Roswell was like, oh, this is obviously aliens and this is... That's that's how people describe it. But when you, like, look at the documents, it's like, okay, like, (laughs) it's a little tiny thing. It is a little tiny thing, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard because, like, I don't know. I mean, I think government covers up all kinds of things. So, mm-hmm. were they covering up aliens? Were they covering up the spy tech? I don't know. Right. But they were covering one or the other, so. I mean, I think either way, the government was being shady. Yeah. Wh- whichever way you want to well, play Well, and it. sometimes they have to totally get that. Like, we can't have everybody knowing everything all the time. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I definitely believe aliens are a thing. And I do think if there are witnesses saying there are bodies, that's interesting. Yeah, and if, I mean, if they were crash dummies, cool, but, like, me, per, like, I... I don't know if I believe that, though. I know. I feel like I could tell the difference between a mannequin or a test dummy. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I just feel like because they were so close. Right. You know, I mean, like, the guy that lifted the tarp, I mean, he came much closer than that. I yeah. think you would be able to tell if it was a test dummy. In my opinion, yeah. Because, I mean, if they were bodies, you're assuming there's injuries. And if there yeah. are injuries, you could see blood or something. And if it was a dummy, there would not be... Blood or well, and the testimonies all looked a certain way. Yeah, you know, so you would know what that is. That that's kind of how I feel too. Yeah. Like it, it. I guess it could work as a theory. Like I said, if it was like some sort of spy tech they were trying to keep under wraps, mm-hmm. great. But hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, singer shady seems just a little shady. Yeah, just a little bit. Um. But yeah, that's all I got for you. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> And yeah, I'm looking forward to. I don't know even, whose turn is it for the next um, bonus episode. It is my turn. It's your turn. Okay, well I don't know what you got going on, but I think <laughs> I'm gonna do this case that I mentioned in the beginning. I'll probably do that for my next one. Nice. Um, but yeah, so definitely look out for that. Yes, those will be posted on Patreon. Like I said, you just go ahead on Patreon.com. You can look up what the L, subscribe. Um. And you do get, like, a monthly gift from us if you subscribe, which is really super cool. So please do it. Um, But outside of that, you can find us on Instagram at WhatTheAlePod. If you have a spooky story or murderer encounter or conspiracy theory you want to share with us, you are welcome to send that our way either through our DMs on Instagram or you can email us at WhatTheAlePod at gmail.com. And outside of that, we will... Mostly just be, you know, regular scheduled programming. We will have our keg coming out in about two weeks now, which is very exciting. And... Well, the keg's coming out. Oh, yeah. The keg already came out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you'll have our flight coming out and our... um. Yeah. Outside of that, we're just kind of chilling here. So, bonus yeah. episodes, all the good things. Um, But we want to say we appreciate you so, so much, friends. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and you know what? Just for the new year, because mm-hmm. I remember, you know, we did talk about, like, New Year's resolution stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I totally remembered saying that I have, like, a sheet that I do every year. Uh-huh. Um, so I wanted to share those, um, you know, topic headings just in case anybody wanted to have, like, kind of open-ended goals. Cool. Um, but it is, I will learn, I will avoid, I will make time for... Um, I will create the habit of, and I will change the habit of. Nice. Um, and so, you know, but again, just like for those of you that are wanting to like, you know, start your 2024 with like, what am I still working on this year? Those are some things that I always use as like topic headings for my journaling. Um, so yeah, if you, if there's anything you're planning to work on, um, you know, good luck with your goals and, uh. Yeah, just keep it open-ended. Don't put too much pressure. We are all human. 
we do what we can do. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, but I appreciate you sharing the story, Alana. Of course, of course. I felt like we just needed a break from murder. So. Yes. <laughs> from dark, <laughs> scary murder. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that would be a fun one. But, um, yeah, I appreciate you, Mama. All right. We appreciate you all. All right. Bye, friends. Bye.